We're going to talk about prophecy today. And we're going to be looking once again. We're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Let's read together. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He has determined. Father, I thank You for Your, your presence, Your power, Your Word, Your Spirit. I pray that You would quicken our hearts and our ears, that You would make us alive to what You want to say to us today. I pray, Father, that You would use this to build up Your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Prophecy is simply the word of the Lord. <clears throat> you know, I'm not on everybody say that with me, but everybody say that with me. Prophecy is the word of the Lord. That's, that's what it is. It, it's, it's God's word. It's not, that means that it is not simply man's ideas. It doesn't matter how smart the, the, the man or woman may be who is speaking. <clears throat> if they're speaking out of their intelligence, if they're speaking out of their righteousness, if they're speaking out of their experience, it's not prophecy. It might be good. It might be good. But prophecy is, is literally God's voice speaking. And, and let me say that to, to claim the Lord's authority for your own words is a, is a serious breach of the third commandment. <clears throat> Anybody know what the third commandment is? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And we've kind of ghettoized that commandment and turned it into being all about cussing. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and, that's, and that's what it is. If somebody, you know, is cussing and they, and they say the Lord's name, well, now they've broken the third commandment. But that's just, that's just one little bitty, you know, to be very honest, to try and take God's authority and put it behind my words or something that I think uh, that's probably a much more serious and dangerous breach of the third commandment than, than, than cussing. At least if you're cussing, you know you are. And everybody knows, you know, but, well, anyway, I, I got too much to say to spend too much time there. Do not claim the Lord's authority lightly. If you come to me and say, the Lord told me, then one of three things is going to happen. I'm either going to go, no, he didn't. 
But I'm only going to do that if he tells me, if I really feel like he's gone, no, uh-uh, that wasn't him. Or I might go, tell me how you know, tell me how you know the Lord said that, you know. I mean, you know, if I got a little scared. Otherwise, there's no discussion. Because once the Lord has spoken, the Lord has spoken. That's it. You, you've got two choices, yes or no. And let me tell you which one's the right one. It's yes. Every time. So that's, that's, a, that's a powerful thing to attach to something that's been said. Uh, also, you need to know the office of a prophet is different from the gift of prophecy. Ephesians 4.11 refers to the office of the prophet, and it's clear that not everyone is a prophet. It says he's given some to be apostles, some to be uh, prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers. And, and even all those aren't everybody because they're gifts for the body of Christ. So not everybody has the office of a, of a prophet. And also, let me just say in passing, if you have to tell me that you're a prophet, then I'm not impressed. You know, if, if it's got to be on your business card for people to figure out that you're a prophet, then there may be a reason why they're not figuring it out. However, just as not everyone is a teacher, not everyone has been called to be a teacher in the body of Christ, everyone is going to teach at some point. Does that make sense? At some point, you're going to teach somebody how to do something. I mean, you know, if it's turn on a light switch, you're, you're, going, to, you're going to teach. And with prophecy, Paul encourages every believer to desire to prophesy. The gift of prophecy is... Uh, and, and we're not talking about necessarily standing up and saying, thus saith the Lord. You do understand that. We're talking about being in tune with the Lord so much to the point that at some point in time, there might be a possibility that the words that are coming out of your mouth as you speak to somebody just shifted gears and they started coming from a different place. And you might not have even noticed it when it happened. But they're impactful when it happens. It, it changes things. It moves things. When the, when the word of prophecy begins to move in someone's life, let me also say you do not go to school to learn to be a prophet. If you have the office of a prophet, there's only one way to get there. You have to be called. And you don't do the calling. He does. So you're either called or not called, and that's, that's his decision. It's not our decision you know, you can't sign up and go get a degree that will make you a prophet. At the same time, uh, at, 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 at the same time, you, when the gift of prophecy comes, you don't control that gift. You remember, I mean, we've read that passage out of 1 Corinthians enough times. Everybody ought to know by now that the last part says, He gives it to each one just as He chooses to do. So, we, now, you can stand in the way of it. You can go, uh-uh, not me. I ain't saying that. But you can't manufacture God's Word. It has to actually come in your life. You can't train to learn how to speak God's Word. You can train to learn how to read tarot cards. You can train to learn how to cast a horoscope. You can train to learn how to read. The occult trains, but in God, it's God, God's sovereign choice when it comes to prophecy and, and to the Word of God. Now, the gift of prophecy can be exercised in, in a number of different ways. I, I grew up in a culture, I grew up in a church 
where the gift of prophecy was usually recognized as something that came along and interrupted the service. And that's okay. I mean, that, that can happen. I can, I, can, I can see that happening. But there's really not anything biblical that says that's the way it's got to be or that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, in 1 Corinthians 14, prophecy is, is generally a regular component of Christian gatherings, but it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody getting up and going, oh, my children. Yeah. It could actually be an organized sermon. Just saying that occasionally when I say something or Barbie says something or Bruce or Kevin or one of us are up here preaching, occasionally it's not actually our words that are being spoken. Sometimes it's actually the word of the Lord for you. And sometimes he told us that on, on Tuesday, what to say on Sunday. Yeah. In fact, if you read the Old Testament and you read the Old Testament prophets, most of the things that you read in there are sermons that were prepared. It wasn't somebody carrying, following Isaiah around with a tape recorder going, well, he, he's doing it again. No, he, he wrote those things down to deliver them and, and, and take them to God's, to God's people. It can simply be a matter of conversation between believers. Sometimes you can be talking to somebody and you think, you think you're just encouraging them. You think that you're just helping them figure something out. You, you, you think that you're just, well, I'm just sharing Jesus. Well, yeah, you really are. But at some point in that conversation, man, that thing can shift. The Holy Spirit starts speaking through you. And, and, and your tone of voice doesn't change when it happens. It just, you're, you're, you're continuing to speak, but it's now, there's, there's, there's life coming out of it in a rare and precious powerful way so there, there are a lot of ways that this that this gift can be manifested and just also let me mention for those of you who who haven't heard me teach on this before prophecy encompasses the past the present and the future if you read the prophets in the scripture you'll find that a whole lot of it has to do with remember what God did you'll find that a whole lot of it has to do with this is what's going on right now and this is what God thinks about it and then there's a little bit of it that has to do with the future. And I bring that out because a lot of people, when they hear that word prophecy, they automatically shift into future mode and go, well, what's going to happen? It is always important to judge prophecy. I, I, uh, I, once again, I kind of grew up in a, in a culture where that, that statement right there would be met with some skepticism. I mean, there'd be a tendency to sort of go... <laughs> You are going to judge the word of the Lord? No, I'm judging the word of that guy. Whether or not it is the word of the Lord. If it is the word of the Lord, I want to receive it. You know, if it's just, if it's just somebody's idea, if it's just somebody's... It's, and it's important to do that because... I write this down, put it somewhere in your head or something. There are almost always more false prophets than true prophets. I mean, biblically, that, and, and you know, and we, there, there's a tendency, I think, to sometimes think of, oh, yeah, well, that was back in the days when, when they had prophets. Now that, you know, only a few churches have them, none of them could be false. No, the, the ratio is probably still pretty close to the same, I would imagine. So you have, you, have to be a, you have to be aware of that. 
And you don't judge based on, on what you like or judge based on a, a, a necessarily a feeling that you get. Now, if it's, a, if it's the gift of discernment operating in you, that's a, that's a totally different story. But let me tell you, the devil knows what you like. And he knows how you feel today. And he knows what buttons to push in your life. So you can't judge on that. But God hasn't left us with just that. He's got some very definite things that we can look at. And I want to cover three of them pretty quickly and then, and then get into some other stuff here. One of the things is, this is in Deuteronomy 13 and in Deuteronomy 18. If the sign or wonder comes to pass, but the prophet says to follow other gods, then he's false. There's two things that you need to, that you need to learn from this. One is that no matter what happens, if the word that's going forth says let's follow somebody else, then it's false, okay? No matter, and, you, and you may go, well, that's, uh, you know, people don't do that in, anymore. Well, yes, they do. Yes, they do. And it, I mean, they may not be saying let's go follow Molech, but they could very well be saying let's go follow me. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing is that just because what the prophet said came to pass doesn't necessarily mean it was the word of the Lord. And not, a, not everybody knows that. But now, now you do. <laughs> and then secondly, uh, if the prophet speaks with authority from another source than the Lord, he's false. Um, and once again, probably back in the biblical days it was a little easier because they'd come and speak in the name of Baal or they'd come and speak in the name of Ashtara or they'd come and speak in the name of some other god and you kind of go, ah, that's not the Lord. It's a little more subtle today. Where's the authority coming from? Where, where are they saying the authority is coming from? And then finally here, if, the prophet, if what the prophet foretells does not come to pass, then he is not from the Lord. So you, the, the converse isn't true, but this is. If it doesn't come to pass, it wasn't God. That's very important. You need to remember that. Just because it does come to pass, it may or may not be God. Is prophecy for today. There are a couple of extreme camps with this. One of the extremes is, uh-uh, no way, uh-uh, that doesn't happen. Not going to have any of that around here. In spite of a slew of biblical instruction to the contrary, we have decided that is done. Fini. I can't do anything about those people because I can't convince them of anything. I mean, if God wants to convince them, that's up to him. There's no amount of arguing or scripture reading or Bible quizzing that will change their mind. And you know what? They're, they're not very powerful, but they're safe. Because if you don't believe anything, then you're hard to deceive. So that's okay. But the other extreme is the come get your prophecy here today i need to hear a prophecy now and you may kind of go oh people aren't yes they are yes they are because it's fascinating man oh you know if somebody's going to tell you something about you somebody's going to tell you something about your future we're there we really are and over the years, I have seen so many. I'm not saying these things to say that prophecy isn't real. It is real. You just don't play around with it. And over the years, I've seen so many 
so many bodies floating in the water off the back of the boat because they got led astray because they got into something and, and at first it was real exciting and it was just so great and wow this is wonderful but then 10 years later where are they what happened so I want to give you, I want to give you some, some things to look for concerning personal prophecy because that's what, that's what a lot of people have kind of gotten into. I want a word for me you know, kind of thing. That's fine. You need to know these things. Five things very quickly. Personal prophecy is present in both the Old Testament and New Testament though it only comprises a small portion of prophetic utterance. And this is why this is important. I'm not aware of any of the Lord's prophets who majored in delivering personal prophecy. Think about it. So if someone's ministry is primarily personal prophecy, I'm not saying that's a red flag, but it's a, it's, it's a yellow flag. You know, I, I, I'm going, I, that's not a pattern I recognize from Scripture. So that's, that's one thing. This one is one that catches a lot of people. Do not be impressed simply because the speaker knows stuff about you a lot of times people will go to get their prophecy and they'll hear something that nobody could have known that well that's not exactly true see familiar spirits know where you live they know what kind of ice cream you like they know your social security. They know stuff about you you don't know. They may know your driver's license number. You couldn't tell it, but, but they could. And this is not a test of the prophet. Now, the word of knowledge, the Lord uses the word of knowledge and brings it at times, and you can kind of go, wow, yeah, that's just, this is great. But that isn't, that isn't the absolute stamp that says this is God. Because it doesn't have to be. I mean, I've talked to too many people before and after coming to the Lord who went to some fortune teller somewhere and went, man, she told me stuff that nobody knew. Well, yeah, she's dealing with some spirits. Not the right one, but some spirits. You can't see them, but they know about you. So that's something, that's something important to know. Here's something important to know in dealing with personal prophecy. Personal prophecy in Scripture tends to be quite specific. A lot of the personal prophecy stuff that I've heard in, in the North American church and read, and somebody's gone, this is what, you know, this is what uh, the prophet said to me and everything, has sounded, I mean, I, after reading it or after listening to it, I, I kind of, I, I mean, I, I sort of want to say, you want some cotton candy with that Diet Coke? You know, that is so vague, it can mean anything. I, you can read that in the newspaper each day under the, and you Aquarius kind of thing. That's not the way God tends to do it. And you may go, well, how do you know if it's vague? Well, if you have to sit down and figure out, did that really happen or not? It was vague. You know, if, if, if after... After some time has passed, you're kind of going, uh, well, that may have happened, or I think this was it. That's vague. That's not the way God deals. Let me give you some examples of the way God deals. Over in Genesis 18.10, God's come to visit Abraham, and he says, your wife Sarah, 
Next year, I'm going to come visit you. About this time next year, she'll have a baby then. That's specific. That's specific. A year from now, she'll either have one or she won't have one. That, that, that's, that is very specific. Uh, Elijah gave a prophecy to Ahaziah. Ahaziah wanted to know he was sick. And he said, I want to know if I'm going to live or die. Elijah said, you're, you're dying. This disease will kill you. That is specific. That's very, very specific. Uh, when, when Saul was anointed king, uh, he, didn't, he didn't come to Samuel necessarily looking for uh, a word for himself. In fact, he came looking for donkeys. But uh, Samuel came out to him and, and he said, okay, uh, the donkeys are right, but let me, I, got, I got something for you here. You're going to be king. Now that's specific. But he got even more specific after that. And he said, and this is how you know this is going to happen because all these things are going to happen today. You're going to hear that the donkeys have been found today. You're going to go to the great tree of Tabor, and there are going to be three guys walking along. And one of them is going to be carrying three young goats, and one of them is going to be carrying three loaves of bread, and one of them is going to be carrying a, a skin of wine, and they're going to offer you two loaves of bread, and you're going to take it. And then you're going to run into a company of prophets who are praising the Lord and prophesying, and the Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to prophesy and praise the Lord, something you've never done before in your life. It's going to happen in the next 24 hours. That's specific. People. That, that, that's, that's the way God tends to bring it when he, when he comes with, with personal prophecies. Uh, Ahab wanted to know if he should attack Ramoth Gilead, and he called his prophets always more of them, and they were going, yeah, go attack Ramoth Gilead. And uh, Jehoshaphat said, well, now, isn't there, a, isn't, there, isn't there a prophet of the Lord around here somewhere? Said, yeah, there is one, but I don't like him. He never says stuff I like. His name's Micaiah. Well, let's hear, let's hear him. Well, they sent for him, and, you know, and, and, and it's kind of a funny story. I really don't have time to go into it. You know, Micaiah was kind of messing with him at first and kind of going along, yeah, attack Ramoth Gilead. Oh, come on, Micaiah, tell us the truth. Well, the truth is, you're going to attack Ramoth Gilead, and you're going to get slaughtered, and you are dying. That's specific. That's very specific. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, Jehoshaphat was a godly man, but he was not a smart man. Because after hearing that prophecy, they get ready to go into battle, and, and Ahab turns to him and goes, I'll tell you what, uh, <clears throat> Jehoshaphat, I got a plan. I'm going to go into the battle into disguise, and you go in dressed as a king. And Jehoshaphat goes, yeah. What's wrong with this picture? But even in disguise, Ahab died because it was the word of the Lord. Jesus spoke to Peter and said, this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. That's specific. You, you, you know what, what's coming. Over in Acts chapter, let's see what chapter is it in, chapter 15 is it? 21, chapter uh, 21. Uh, Agabus was a prophet, came and told Paul, he said, uh, when you go to Jerusalem, this is what is going to happen to you. You're going to be arrested, and you're going to be handed over to the Gentile. Specific, specific. So someone brings a word from the Lord to you, and it's vague. Let me tell you what to do. Say, how do I know that your word is true? What will happen? 
What is the sign that this word is true? And let me tell you what they're probably going to do. They're probably going to go, no, you shouldn't question the Lord your God. I'm not questioning God. I want to know how I know this word is true. See, God will usually, God normally does not mind at all. You're saying, how do I know? What's the sign? He let Gideon do it. He, he, he went ahead and gave one to Moses when he gave him his, his prophecy. When, when Hezekiah was told that he, he would be healed, he said, you know, choose this sign or choose this sign. Which one do you want? Yeah. It's, it's okay to do that. It's all right to do that. Fourth thing, the prophet usually finds the one the word is directed to, not vice versa. Lot of a uh, lot of situations in the in in the church in North America today where people are going, ah, man, I got to hear, I got to go get me something, got to go hear me a word from God, you know, somewhere. Well, okay, you know, uh, you can get one in your Bible, but if you got to go get one from somebody, and if God doesn't have one for you specifically. There are other people in business who will, who will step in and fill in the gap. You go, you want a word? Come on. Come on. Normally, <laughs> I, the Chariots of Fire is one of my favorite movies. And, and I, I, should I even go there? How many of you have ever seen that movie? Oh, wow. Okay, good. Uh, and and uh, you remember the scene where uh, uh, Harold Abrams is talking to uh, Sam Mitsubini and asking him to be his coach? And Sam goes, <clears throat> Mr. Abrams, you know, uh, when, you, when the time comes for, uh, and you meet the right girl, uh, how would you feel if she pops a question? And he goes, uh, well, well, it's the coach who should do the asking. You know. If God has a word for you, he'll get it to you. He'll find you. He, he, he will seek you out, and he will get that word there for you. If you go finding yourself, you're liable to find something else. And then, once again, if what the prophet foretells does not come to pass, he is not from the Lord. In fact, it says you do not have to be afraid of this prophet. If it's important, if what somebody has spoken over you is important, write it down. Check it out. Follow up on it. Don't just kind of go, wow, that felt good. And then when they come back next year and nothing that was said comes to pass, you go, oh, wow, that's that prophet that spoke that word over me. Hey, come on, write it down, check it out. You know, you, 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 if you're going to buy a used car, you check it out. So if somebody brings you a word from God, check it out. This isn't about being a skeptic. It's about not being stupid. This is Jason Maroa. And I put Jason's picture up there because uh, Jason gave me a direct word from God, probably in a stronger way than any other. And I, and I feel like it's, it's a perfect example of a word from the Lord. Back in 1984, um, <clears throat> Bruce and Jill Coble were in Zimbabwe. Uh, Margaret and I uh, weren't. <laughs> we were at the Lord's Chapel. But the, uh, the elders at the chapel sent myself and, and Wade Hutchison to go visit uh, 
the, the Kobolds and encourage them and everything. And Margaret and I hadn't really talked about it, but we both kind of knew, I knew, and she did too, even though we hadn't discussed it, that I was really kind of going to sort of scope out the land and see, you know, is this someplace we're supposed to be? Because I'm kind of feeling like it probably would be. We spent two weeks there. The last couple of days there, um, the school was back in session, and Bruce had me share in, in the chapel. And on the last day that he had me share in the chapel, I'm sitting in his office right before chapel. <clears throat> and for the second time in my life, I found myself sitting in Bruce Coble's office with Bruce basically asking me a question if I wanted to do something that the Lord had spoken to me about a long time ago and put a desire in my heart for. First time was at the Lord's Chapel where he said, would you, like, would you consider being youth pastor here? I went, yeah. And this time we're in Africa and, and, it's, and the topic hadn't come up. And last day, right before chapel, he says, would you have any interest in maybe coming here? Like, yeah, sure would. And uh, he had asked Jason to, uh, to come to chapel that day, I, I think, to hear me. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't based on that conversation because he had asked him before, if I'm correct there. And so I got up and I preached on uh, uh, Genesis chapter 22 where Abraham sacrifices Isaac. And after I got through teaching, Jason gets up. He was the principal of the school at the time. Bruce was the director. Jason gets up. And he says, uh, if any of you would like to contact a Baba Miki, uh, they didn't never, Meek was a tough word for people. I don't know why. You know, one syllable words just don't get it. We got to, like the Italians, we got to put another syllable at the end of it or something. But uh, Baba Miki, then, uh, yeah, uh, I will give you his address. And I'm kind of like, whoa, because I knew that they didn't want the students to have addresses from foreigners because they'd write them and ask them for money and stuff and uh so jason walks over to the board the blackboard and he writes the address of the school on it he says if you want to contact him next year this will be his address and then he said if you will look over in genesis genesis as they were called, genesis chapter 26 you will see where God said to this man, Isaac, do not leave this land. And though there was famine in the land, that year he sowed and reaped a hundredfold. This will be a fruitful place for you. Yeah. And I'm sitting back there going, whoa. <laughs> uh, see, he was already speaking. I didn't go looking for it. The Lord brought it specific next year will be here and it already confirmed something that the Lord had really strongly placed in my heart see? so by the time I got home I was so convinced and so jazzed that I just frightened the wahoo out of Margaret oh you know the first 10 minutes going, we're going to Africa you know, she went, and then the Lord did some stuff and, and sorted that out as well God can speak to you directly. And most of the time, that is how he will speak to you. But there are times that he will use another person. False prophecy doesn't have to lead you astray so much. It just simply has to get you convinced that you need to make this happen. 
These things are real. I'm not spending time on this because, it's, because I don't believe in it. I do believe in it. It's real, but it's nothing to be trifled with. It's not a toy. It's powerful. Powerful. And when the word of the Lord is injected into a conversation, when the word of the Lord is, goes forth in a sermon, when, when the word of the, of the Lord for you hits your life, you're at one of those moments. Those who find the word of the Lord find life. Would you stand with me? Can I have our elders and their wives and staff, if you guys have come down to pray with people. If you're here today, and you need something from God. You may not even know what you, you may think you need this. And truth of the matter is, you, you really need this. But God works that way. Sometimes, sometimes He uses some things to kind of put you in a position where you're ready to get what He's really got. If you need something from God, God's going to speak to some people today. I believe that He really is. Just you, you come down. You, you come. You may need a physical healing. You may be emotionally distressed. You may be depressed. You may be confused. God can clear that out. He really can. A lot of people walk around in the fog of life. The word of the Lord is radiant, giving light to the eyes. That's what the Bible says. Making wise the simple. You need something from God. You come. You come. The rest of us, we'll, we'll worship for a few moments. We'll wait on you. You come. I'll be changed, be changed, be changed for a lifetime. Just one moment.
Wednesday, uh, 6 o'clock, uh, a little family time, yeah, and then uh, also next Saturday, the time was set, 2 to 4 in the well, raise your hand, let me give you a blessing, and the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who sent His Son into the world as the living Word. May the living word be manifested in you. May it flow out of you like rivers of living water. May it bring life to those around you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.